VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Uh, Just before we get to our guests and topic today, certainly our our thoughts, our prayers are extended to the victims and families in Peria, Iowa, which is located in our KVDI listening area. Uh, News reports indicate that this morning, this community of about 8,000 multiple individuals uh, shot as students were returning on their first day of class following their Christmas break. Uh, the suspect in the shooting is uh, is dead, from what authorities have said, uh, to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But due to the uh, time of the shooting, it, it is said there were a few students in the school at this time. Uh, details are continuing to unfold, but we just ask that you be praying for this community, be praying for those who are hurting at this time uh, in Perry, Iowa. Turning our attention to our program today, there are some very significant matters that are facing the United States Supreme Court in 2024, as well as appellate courts. And today we're going to uh, take a quick look back at 2023 and also a look forward to 2024 and some of these critical matters that uh, this court and other high-level courts are going to be facing that will have a significant impact on this nation. And friends, it's our privilege to have back with us Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. He has three landmark cases before the U.S. Supreme Court, an author, a host of radio broadcasts, Faith and Freedom and Freedom's Call. Matt, thank you for joining us in this new year of 2024. Oh, thank you. Good to be with you. Matt, so our focus today will be on uh, the Supreme Court and some of the uh, high-level c- uh, courts here in this land. But just before we get there, though, we, we certainly have been uh, you know, following with interest the case known as Ermold versus uh, Davis, uh, former Rowan County K- uh, Kentucky clerk Kim Davis being sued by two same-sex couples uh, for not issuing them a marriage license, uh, even though uh, they could have gone other places. But I understand that Liberty Council is going to be filing a motion this very month in an attempt to reverse the jury verdict. Uh, tell us about it. Yes, that's right. We're going to do two things. One, we'll file a motion to set aside the jury verdict that occurred in September of this year, of 2023, frankly. And then we'll also, depending upon what the judge does, file an appeal. And that will take it up to the Court of Appeals, where we'll be arguing that the First Amendment right to free exercise of religion would be a defense, not only for Kim, but for anybody, and therefore try to extend freedom of religion for everyone across the country uh, as we move up the chain of appeals all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And we're also going to argue that the 2015 Burgerfell versus Hodges case from the U.S. Supreme Court the so-called same-sex marriage opinion, should be overturned. So first of all, you know, in this case, back in September of 2023, we had a day of trial, and two juries were impaneled, one for the Ermold plaintiffs, one for the Yates plaintiffs. They heard the same exact evidence and testimony. And in 45 minutes, the Yates jury came back and said zero damages, and they gave a zero verdict. They were requesting $300,000. Uh, then the Yates jury came back, and they gave $100,000 in damages. Uh, the problem is is that they have no basis for it, because David Ormold said he was terminated from the University of Pikeville because of the Kim Davis issue that he was involved in, sending out information and all of his uh, inflammatory posts on social media. But we called the HR director for the University of Pikeville, and that director testified, no, that's not true. It had nothing to do with Kim Davis. It was a budget downsizing of a department area, and several departments were involved. So then they resorted to, well, we have hurt feelings. Well, the problem with that mm-hmm. is you have to show that you have objective reality. You know, you can't just say, I've got a hurt feeling, therefore give me money. You have to show some kind of evidence, uh, and they showed none. They presented zero evidence, not a single document, not a single person testified, showing that they had emotional damage or emotional upset. So they had no reason to get damages. So first, we will ask the judge to set aside that verdict of the jury. It has no basis in law, and it's contrary to all the case law. But beyond that, we're also going to ask the high court or the higher courts, court, first of all, the Court of Appeals, and then this case has the potential to go all the way to the Supreme Court to 
rule that the First Amendment right to free exercise of religion provides an accommodation option for her, and that would be a defense not only for Kim Davis, but it would extend freedom of religion across the country. And then beyond that, that the Obergefell decision should be overturned. Yeah. Only two justices remain that were on that decision back in 2015. Matt, do you believe that ultimately this Obergefell decision will be struck down? Yeah, I think that it's a matter of time. I think it will, uh, and I think this case has the potential to do it. And the reason for that is, back in 2015, June 26, when this opinion was issued, it was 5-4, bare majority. Uh, three of those justices are no longer on the bench. The only two that are there are Kagan and Sotomayor. Uh, Kennedy, Breyer, and Ginsburg are gone. So there's only two left. Chief Justice John Roberts issued one of the strongest dissents I've ever seen of any justice, let alone a chief justice, against that five majority. He didn't even call it a majority. He didn't call it uh, anything that was respectful. He referred to those five as five lawyers imposed their will, not a legal judgment. Hmm. He said it had nothing to do with the Constitution. So I don't see how he would walk away from that dissent. Then we also have Thomas and we have Alito. They were... uh, dissenters as well. So we've got three dissenters, including the Chief Justice, with a strong dissent, and we've had several different people added on to the court. We've had uh, Barrett, we've had Kavanaugh, and we've had Gorsuch. So all we need is two of those, and we reverse this decision. And the court, or at least Thomas, has already called for this decision to be reconsidered in light of the Dobbs case, mm-hmm. because it's the same shifting sand uh, on which this is built that the abortion decision was built that was overturned in 2022. So the Kim Davis case could rise to that level of overturning Obergefell? Absolutely. In fact, uh, Alito said in his dissent back in 2015 that this was happening. This was going to happen. This terrible decision was going to cause people of faith to become the target. Thomas has also said the same thing. Uh, And so this case, although they have intended to punish Kim Davis, they want to punish her causing her to pay personally 360000 total dollars. They want her to be personally responsible for it because of her Christian views regarding marriage mm. that people have held for millennia since the founding of creation. And they want to punish her. Well, what they intend to do against her for evil, for harm, I believe can backfire. And this uh, polite, respectful, loving woman can be the catalyst to overturn this terrible decision of a burger file from 2015. Well, well, friends, let's pray to that end. Let's pray to that end that we would see this horrendous decision that came from the court in 2015 to be overturned. Uh, Matt, we've got a lot here in our docket today, and before we look ahead to this new year of 2024, as as you kind of review 2023 in your mind, uh, what do you believe is perhaps the most significant or significant decisions coming either from the U.S. Supreme Court or on the appellate court level uh, from from this year, past year of 2023? Well, I think a couple of decisions, uh, but one actually is one in which the the court shot down the affirmative action for college admissions. Uh, that overruled mm. a precedent that goes back to the 1970s, 1978. The 1970s was a very activist year. Uh, also was an overruling of a 1977 case with regards to religious discrimination in the workplace and people being protected against religious discrimination. So. In the 1977 Transworld Airline case, the activist Supreme Court didn't like religious freedom protections in the workplace under the Title VII from the 1964 Civil Rights Act, so they weakened it. And for all those decades, it's been weakened. It's kind of been an orphan to Title VII, the employment law. And now what happened in 2023, the Supreme Court put it back to where it should have been when it was uh, drafted and passed in 1964. So that's a huge decision, mm-hmm. overturning the 78 and 77 decision. And of course, the year before, overturning the 73 decision of Roe versus Wade, and also overturning the 71 decision, Lemon versus Kurtzman, that did incredible damage to the First Amendment. So yeah. those are big cases that occurred. Also, last year at the appellate level, and we're going to see it again at the Supreme Court this year, with the appellate courts and the lower courts ruling regarding the government's coercion of private entities, social media entities, Twitter, Facebook, others, Google, requiring them, forcing them, pressuring them, threatening them to censor 
private speech of individuals uh, with which the Biden administration disagreed, you know, with regards to COVID, the lockdowns, the COVID shots, uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan, the elections, and so forth. So uh, that was a big case in 2023. Also a big case in 2023 was the abortion pill decision at the Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. We're going to see those come back again in yeah. 2024 because both of those cases now will be heard uh, this uh, fall, this spring, I should say, spring slash winter, and they'll be decided by the high court by the end of June of this year. So those are big blockbuster cases that are coming down the pipe. And we're going to get into that one in here in just a little bit. But, Matt, also there was a case in uh, 2022, the Shirtlift decision, that really has had lasting impact into 2023, has it not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It had immediate impact in 2023. It was part of the overruling of this 1971 Lemon versus Kurtzman case mm-hmm. that literally did a lot of damage to the First Amendment free exercise of religion, free speech, and establishment clause provisions, and that's gone. That's a 51-year precedent that's gone. And we've seen the impact of that in 2023, and we're going to continue to see that in 2024, where it can no longer be used, this Lemon versus Kurtzman, so-called Lemon test, can no longer be used as a weapon against people of faith, religious viewpoints, symbols, expressions, whether it's the nativity scenes, we've already seen it, uh, be effective in, in many areas, but mm-hmm. certainly during the Christmas season, uh, we were very successful in pushing back against the censorship of Christmas by various entities around the country. Uh, so that has been a direct result of this uh, win that we had, 9-0 win in 2022 at the uh, Supreme Court, Shirtliff versus City of Boston. Matt Staver with us today from Liberty Council. Matt, I know we've got a lot of Florida listeners, and there's a critical case before the Florida Supreme Court uh, in which they're going to be hearing oral arguments regarding a proposed amendment that would uh, codify uh, unrestricted abortion as a right in the state constitution. You're representing a group, Florida Voters Against Extremism. Tell us about the significance of this case. Yes, in fact, yesterday the Florida Supreme Court just issued its uh, order that we will be arguing the case on February the 7th at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Mm. I will be one of the uh, advocates presenting argument along with the Solicitor General from the Attorney General's Office of the State of Florida, and we will be arguing that this should never make it to the ballot. Planned Parenthood and the ACLU and other abortion advocates are gathering signatures. They say they have over 700,000 signatures. They need over 800 and some thousand signatures that are verified across Florida. They may well reach that goal by February the 1st. And if they do, you know, this case, I'll argue it on February the 7th. And our argument is that it should never see the light of day. It never should go on the ballot because it doesn't meet the criteria for a voter initiative. You have to have two criteria met. Most states require this for voter initiatives. Number one, the voter initiative that goes on the ballot needs to be clear and unambiguous, not confusing. Number two, it can only address a single subject. So when you say yes or no, you're voting yes or no to a single issue, not to multiple issues, maybe one that you support, one that you don't. It's a single subject issue. It fails both. So that's a big, that's a big, big case coming up February 7th. And friends, be praying for Matt. Be praying for Liberty Council as they prepare their arguments going before the Florida Supreme Court on February the 7th. But friends, there is so much more going on. So stay with us. We'll have more commentary after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, author and seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, today's a heavy topic. Is there a scientific explanation for suicide bombers? Chris, our world today is on edge because of a suicidal terrorist. Since evolution claims to be a theory of everything, there must be an evolutionary explanation for even this self-destructive behavior. And sure enough, some evolutionists are now saying that suicidal tendencies are a variation of an evolutionary adaptation that was previously useful in some evolutionary sense. Creationists just stand back and wonder how they can be so misguided, so deceived. The Bible says that man was created initially in a very good state, in the image of God. Yet when Adam rebelled against God's order, creation was permanently distorted, and now we live in a world dominated by sin's ruinous effects. Chris, so you see, what began back in Genesis continues today, even with suicidal bombers. Thanks, Dr. Morris. 
Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver with us today from Liberty Council. Their website, lc.org, lc.org. Friends, you'll find so much material, information there. Sign up for their news alerts that are going out and and to stay abreast of issues that uh, they are engaged in and uh, be praying for them. They've got some heavy, heavy issues coming up before them in these hearings, whether it be that of Kim Davis, which was heard here in mid-December and waiting for that decision, likely going to be appealed at one end or the other. Uh, This hearing coming up at February 7th before the Florida Supreme Court. Many other issues that they are engaged in as well. Some, you know, filing that initial action. Other times it's friend of the court briefs that they're filing. And Matt, we understand that the United States Supreme Court uh, and you referred to this in the in the first segment, uh, taking a case that's related to the access to the abortion pill and the approval process it did or did not go through. Uh, tell us about this case that the U.S. Supreme Court has decided to accept. Yes, in fact, uh, we'll be filing an amicus brief on that case. That's a case that came out of Texas, and uh, the lower judge uh, ruled against the FDA ruled against the doctors that brought the uh, ruled for the doctors that brought the case and went upon appeal to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and from there at the United States Supreme Court. So the real issue at this point it's narrowed down to whether or not the FDA overstepped its authority by approving these various abortion drugs for mail order. And uh, that's the uh, question below the lower courts ruled, both the lower court and the Court of Appeals ruled that they overstepped their authority. And therefore, you could not have this mail-order abortion drug. Uh, and consequently, that's the case before the U.S. Supreme Court. So it'll have a big issue, a big impact, because about half of the abortions that are being done today are now chemical abortions. And they're far from safe, because what we are now finding and what we've known before from studies and other information is that these uh, abortion drugs uh, frequently harm women. And, for example, you know, uh, in some cases, there's a certain percentage of, of pregnancies, a small percentage, but there's a certain small percentage that could end up in an ectopic or tubal pregnancy where the fertilized uh, egg is stuck in the fallopian tube. Well, when you go to these, uh, you get this drug, they'll say, well, it's natural that you're going to have bleeding with this drug. Well, the bleeding could be caused by the drug, could be caused by the fallopian tube being blocked. And uh, I've talked to OBGYNs, people that do high-risk OBGYNs, and there have been a, a number of fatal situations where somebody thinks, well, it's just a drug when they actually have an ectopic tubal pregnancy, and by the time they figure that out, it's too late. Hmm. And there's other complications as well. It's not just ectopic tubal pregnancies that are at issue. There's lots of other kinds of issues that take place. So this is a big, big case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, The briefs have not even been fully filed yet. Uh, They're being briefed as we speak. And then the argument will be sometime in the next couple of months with a decision by the end of June. Wow. Wow. Again, friends, another critical case. And Matt, we know that there are a number of states that have said, no, not abortion in our state. And yet these mail order abortion drugs are coming in. This will have a great, a great impact on this. Yeah, that's right. Because a lot of these states, uh, since, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Dobbs decision in mm-hmm. June of 2022, have passed laws uh, or have had laws come back into effect that have significantly restricted or in some cases totally banned abortion. And yet what happens is Planned Parenthood and these others, they're starting to get involved in just dropping these drugs in the mail to somebody. And there's not even any in-person contact with a doctor. You just order them through the mail and they get sent through the mail. And the FDA approved that. And that's what's at issue. Uh, So these abortion Pharmaceutical companies and Planned Parenthood types, they're trying to get around these various state laws to try to come into the states, even though the states have already gone on record to say, no, that is not permissible. It's frankly illegal in our state. Uh, So this will have a big impact on abortion around the country and on individual state sovereignty. Matt Staver with us here today from Liberty Council. Matt, I see also uh, a ruling that just came out 
Tuesday from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Again, this is in regard to Texas, where the Biden administration has been trying to force emergency uh, rooms to force doctors to become abortionists, basically, uh, to uh, even states that prohibit abortion to allow for the killing of preborn babies for what they describe as emergency reasons. And uh, Fifth Circuit just spoke out on this issue. Yeah, and found that uh, Biden, as he has done frequently, overstepped, overstepped his authority. And so this appeals court blocked the Biden administration from enforcing uh, this guidance. Uh, this guidance was uh, designed to really push these different uh, pro-abortion idea, ideologies into various states, particularly Texas and other states that had laws that were restricting them. So that it was the guidance from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services that's headed up by, uh, you know, Xavier Becerra, who he is, is the former attorney general of California. And particularly, he's the one who brought the criminal charges against our client, Sandra Merritt. And we will be going likely to trial later in March on behalf of Sandra because of Becerra. Uh, Becerra is an advocate and he's supported by Planned Parenthood. Now he's in the Biden administration as the Department of HHS secretary, and he came out with the so-called guidance to medical providers who are required required to provide emergency care, quote-unquote, to pregnant patients, regardless of their ability to pay for it under a 1986 law that also provides abortion services. So this was being forced on doctors and healthcare workers, hospitals across the country, and uh, now the Court of Appeals has blocked it. Matt, I know there's many things, lower courts and so forth. Any other significant life-related issues that you're following right now in the appellate or U.S. Supreme Court area? Well, there's some major issues that are happening on the state level uh, with Mm -hmm. regards to different state Supreme Courts. Mm -hmm. A lot of litigation, a lot of battles are going on there. We're involved in many of those states. This particular year, by the way, when we talked, and we're talking about laws that have been passed and then they're being challenged. There's been a lot of activity. Some of those are still ongoing, um, and we've been involved in most of those. Uh, We've won a lot of those. Uh, But then there's also a number of voter initiatives. So we saw what happened last year with Ohio. This is what we're battling in Florida. But Florida's not the only one where they're trying to push these voter initiatives. Mm-hmm. We're also working in a number of other states as yeah. well. So that's going to be a big issue in 2024. Friends, stay tuned. Would you stay tuned to what's going on and and be alert to what's happening on your ballots? Don't just say, oh, that's just a spring election or that's just this election. That's just a primary. Don't you? Friends, many of these initiatives go in what they view as being low voter turnout elections in order to get you know people out there and vote for their particular cause. So stay abreast of these matters. And one way you can do so, sign up for these news e-alerts from Liberty Council, lc.org. Um, Matt, uh, another issue that comes up is this matter of elections. And as you know, former President Trump has been removed from the Colorado ballot by the Colorado Supreme Court. He's been removed from the main ballot by the Secretary of State. Uh, has this ever happened before in our country? And I, and I know President Trump is appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, is this a must-accept case for them? Your thoughts on this? Oh, I think it's a must-accept case uh, because there is clearly conflicts already uh, within the state Supreme Courts. You know, other state Supreme Courts have ruled, no, you can't uh, remove him from the ballot. But Colorado came out with its opinion. And then, you know, you see the unilateral attempt by a single Secretary of State in Maine that did it. So I think with those two contrary uh, actions, one by a state uh, Supreme Court, uh, and the other by an individual, a Secretary of State. Uh, Those are going to be challenged. I think the Supreme Court will take up the cases. I can't imagine that this would be upheld. This would be a stunning blow to our uh, republic form of government, our ability of people to be able to elect individuals of their choice. I mean, to come up with a concoction that somebody is not even convicted of, quote, insurrection, can be removed from uh, the ballot because somebody affixed a a word to an action of January 6th. Namely, they have done an Orwellian approach to this, and they've 
slapped the label of insurrection on January 6th and put it on President Donald Trump. And for that reason alone, they're now saying, well, you can't be on the ballot. I mean, that's just absurd. Mm -hmm. The lack of due process and the undermining of the Constitution is at an apex with what we're seeing happening. It's shocking. So I think the Supreme Court will take it. I think they'll overturn it, too. And isn't time of the essence for this? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking the Super Tuesday, and and the ballots will have to be printed in advance for absentee ballots for Colorado or or, or Maine. I don't have their exact dates of primary election, but but it would seem time is of the essence. We're we're honing in on these early primaries. Yeah, time is of the essence. And by the way, there's not just those uh, uh, issues out there, because there's a number of other state Supreme Courts that have the same issue before them. There's a there's a handful to half a dozen or more that are pending. A number of them have already ruled, and they've all gone in favor of Donald Trump, except for Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Maine did it unilaterally with an individual. But there's about half a dozen other states that are considering the same thing. So this could really be a problem, and time is critical right now. So I think the Supreme Court's going to have to act very quick. And the the charge, the allegations are insurrection, and I believe they're pointing to the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. Or article, is it article or amendment uh, to the Constitution? Uh, yes, yeah, the, uh, the amendment to the Constitution, okay. that's right. And, and uh, again, he has not been convicted of insurrection. No, he hasn't been convicted of insurrection. And then how can you call that an insurrection? I mean, right. this was passed, you know, at a time where we were in the midst of, you know, civil war and so forth, coming out of civil war. And there was real insurrection there. I mean, mm-hmm. there was real, you know, warfare. You took up arms and, you know, one... One state fought against another, and there were people that were trying to overthrow the government. I mean, this was a, a, a bloody battle that we went through uh, in the United States of, of America. And so what we had there was real action of insurrection. Uh, but to just simply use that label, that term, that word, and slap it onto what happened on January 6th, I mean, that's just absurd. And then, even worse, to put it on the President of the United States that he was like the people back in the Civil War trying to overthrow the government. I mean, that's just absurd. There's no due process here. It defies common sense. It is not what the Constitution and the 14th Amendment was designed to address in this situation. And so I think it's it's clearly um, a politically activist decision by this court and certainly a politically activist decision by the Secretary of State in Maine. I mean, clearly from her past uh, statements, she talks about white supremacy and all these other things. Uh, She's ideologically compromised and blinded by her ideology to the point where she made this action. And I think the same thing happened for the majority of those individuals on the Colorado Supreme Court. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Matt Staver from Liberty Council and looking at not only uh, the past at some of these significant cases here from 2023, but what's on the horizon. And and there is much that is going forth on, on the appellate court level, state uh, Supreme Courts, the United States Supreme Court. And uh, just talking about uh, this case right now on whether or not President, uh, former President Trump will be able to be on the ballot in Maine, in Colorado, in other states as well. But it's not just him because there are other issues issues going on with many who have been uh, charged with uh, uh, this obstruction law as well that could impact many hundreds of January 6th defendants. More information after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. There is a movement to propel humanity toward a advanced level of existence. Those seeking to change the culture of society are on a rapid trajectory, aggressively touting the extremely powerful capabilities of AI. Artificial intelligence and transhumanism. The ultimate goal of the elite is to obtain immortality and become gods. In the book, Artificial Intelligence, Transhumanism and the De-Evolution of Democracy, Pastor and Bible prophecy speaker Dr. Richard Schmidt unfolds his extensive research and documents revealing information unveiling the agenda of those pursuing this technology for evil. 
You'll also see how these technological advancements fit hand in glove with biblical prophecy and one known as Antichrist. The book, Artificial Intelligence, available for a donation of $18, call 1-800-729-9829. Matt Staver is with us today from Liberty Council. Their website, lc.org, lc.org. If you don't have internet access, 407-875-1776. Their phone number to Liberty Council. Uh, they deal with so many, many different issues. Uh, Matt, I, I know that uh, many issues to come. I'm just going to throw the sidelight in because I, I, I find that uh, one of the areas that you've tackled as well is uh, census-related issues. And people are getting this American Community Survey right now and all these expanded questions on gender-related issues. It's outrageous. Yeah, it's outrageous. You know, the there is a required aspect of a census, and there's a reason for that for counting how many people are in a particular area so that you can determine how many representatives you have. Mm-hmm. So, But it's really a, a question of how many people are there. So right. there is a very limited constitutional portion regarding a census. But what the federal government does is what it does a lot of times, depending upon who's in charge in the deep state, is they take that and they expand it and they want to get all this other information that has nothing to do with the census, nothing to do with the constitutional principles. And then they try to harass people and knock on their doors or continually call them to fill out this long form. Because there's a short, some people get the short form, which, you know, it's pretty much uh, very short information. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that get this long form that ask all these intrusive, frankly, I think, unconstitutional questions. Yeah, so friends, uh, and even though they have the official census every 10 years, they're sending out these forms repeatedly to segments of our society uh, called the American Community Survey from uh, Census Bureau. If you run into issues, uh, reach out to Liberty Council. Matt, there is, as we mentioned, uh, not only President Trump, whether or not he can be on the ballot or not, but there are other cases pertaining that it will impact former President Trump. Uh, the, the United States Supreme Court has accepted a case challenging the scope of the obstruction law that's been used to really charge hundreds of uh, January 6th defendants. Yes, uh, that's going to be a big case, and that can uh, affect not only uh, President Donald Trump, but all the people who have been convicted uh, of these uh, uh, of this federal law. I mean, this federal law was never used before like this, and it's never been re- really used before. They actually took this law uh, regarding insurrection, and they then tried to use that law against these people. It's been very successful because these uh, courts have have just gone along with it. And so many people have been sentenced to jail. Some of those are serving time. Some of those are still incarcerated. And uh, some of those are in in isolation. Uh, it's a terrible situation. But now the case is before the Supreme Court. And that case could ultimately be the ending and undoing of all of this nonsense. Unfortunately, you know, what will happen is I, I pray that the Supreme Court does the right thing and finds that this law uh, was never intended to and cannot be used against these individuals who went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Uh, If they want to come up with some other uh, law that they say that they violated uh, in an individual situation, that's a different matter. Mm -hmm. But this law cannot be, and the consequences of violating this law, as we've seen, is very, very severe. So a lot of people, they've they've entered into plea agreements, not because they did anything uh, illegal or violent, but because losing their case, the consequences of losing the case was so enormous. And so they chose a lesser deal. Yeah, and especially when you see some of the uh, video footage that has come forth about uh, officers opening doors uh, and fist bumping, you know, people as people are walking, you know, quietly, and in some cases almost like uh, being shown around uh, or escorted right. to various rooms. And, and you see a, really a conflict in video footage uh, coming forth from January 6th. Yeah, with, uh, you know, I, I love what Mike uh, Johnson is doing, the Speaker of the House. And, you know, he actually uh, has required the release of additional videos from January 6th. And those videos really raise a lot of questions. We had questions before. These raise even more questions yeah. because of exactly that. You have people that are fist bumped and you have uh, people that 
are talking to the um, security forces, the security officers, no problem. They're allowed to just go in there and walk freely. And then you even have a couple where, you know, a security officer is dressed as a protester and he flashes a badge to somebody to let them know, oh, you know, I'm one of you. Uh, so there's a lot of concern that we have that it was set up, um, that it was overblown, of course. I think we all uh, believe that and certainly uh, suspect it. Uh, but I think this case will be a big eye-opener because it could undo all of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. And then I think all those people that were wrongly incarcerated, they yeah. need to get damages from the federal government for what they have done. Some and of those, unfortunately, are not here. There's been a couple uh, that I've uh, read about that have actually taken their own lives because of the stress they were under. And some are still incarcerated. And some are still incarcerated, that's right. A couple more issues, Matt, we want to get to before we open lines, and that is uh, I know that uh, you presented oral arguments at Liberty Council mid-December before the Second Circuit Court of Appeals regarding New York health care workers. What is the status of this? And and we know you've been fighting for uh, liberty as as it relates to not for being people being able to force to uh, take the shot or other mandates coming from that end. But uh, tell us about the Second court, uh, Circuit Court case. Yeah, we're uh, in. We're waiting for the Court of Appeals to come down with its ruling. Uh, the New York uh, issued this mandate, and they said not only healthcare workers need to get uh, all the COVID shots, but if an employer grants a religious accommodation, they will be fined and could lose their license to operate. So, despite what Title Seven says that you need to accommodate somebody's religious conviction, uh, the state of New York said, no, you better not accommodate them. And if you do, then you will lose your license and be fined. So that case is still ongoing. The mandate has since been rescinded because of the various litigation that we've been involved in. But we believe that, number one, they have not said that they were wrong. They've not agreed that they're wrong. They've not promised that they won't do it again. And they could just as easily reimpose it. Plus, they've already caused all the damage. Right. These people have been terminated and they need justice. So we're waiting on the ruling on that case. Also, we're waiting on some rulings in Maine as well. Uh, we were able to get the mandate rescinded there last year because of our 3-0 to win at the Court of Appeals. But now they're trying to say, well, uh, now that we repealed the mandate, we'll see you, goodbye, nice knowing you, get out of here. And we say no. Um, you've already caused harm, and you need to be held accountable. And so that's what we're litigating right now in Maine, even though the mandate has now been rescinded. Let me bring up one other issue here, Matt, and I know there's so much more, and we could go in depth on much of these, but let's go back to the state of Texas. And we know that uh, we have open borders right now, no doubt about it. I mean, the, the numbers are off the charts. Next week we'll be speaking with the Center for Immigration Studies solely on the immigration issue and, and the poorest borders that we have. But but Texas has said, we've had enough of this, and we need to protect the people of our, our state. We need to protect our state from this as well. And so we have the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, taking action and 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 putting up, uh, first it was boys across the Rio Grande, and, and, and then it's been razor wire to on, on state property here. And the, and the Biden administration now has, has filed action against the state of Texas saying, wait, wait, we are the ones in, 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 you know, responsible for border patrol related issues and immigration related issues. And Texas, you're encroaching in on our territory. You don't have the right to do that. Matt, this is critical issues. The whole security of our nation is at risk as a result of this. Yeah, it really is. I mean, in December, we now have a record number and this is of, is of December 30, so it's not even the entire number. But we have 276,000 illegal immigrants, illegal aliens that have crossed the border, 276,000. Before that, the high was in September, 269,735. Just putting those two months together, those two months uh, since October, Actually, uh, 760,000 people oh my, my. have crossed the border illegally. It is a real problem, a national security issue, and it's certainly it's a domestic security issue. And consequently, even Democratic governors have been saying the Biden administration needs to help them. They can't continue to support uh, the influx of these illegals. And so Texas says, well, we're going to put up, you know, the 
the buoys first, and then we're going to put up razor wire. And the Biden administration is suing to stop that, to stop Texas from protecting its own citizens. It's un, it's insane. Uh, again, talking about Speaker Mike Johnson, he and about 60-plus other members of the House just recently visited the border, and he did a live press conference just yesterday from the uh, southern border of Texas. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, really causing a, a national, uh, raising the national awareness of what's taking place here. And, and really, is uh, some of them are digging their feet in, Matt, here and say into the ground saying, listen, uh, either you close down the borders or this country is going to be closed down. Well, you know, when we see what happened in, in what's happening uh, still in Israel with Hamas in Gaza, and then we, we see, you know, what's going on with Yemen and Lebanon and Syria with Hezbollah, some of these terrorists. Well, guess what? You know, in their view, Israel is the little Satan and America is the big Satan. America is the big target. So those same individuals, and we know, for example, that Hamas has already been infiltrating the United States and has been infiltrating some of the universities and colleges. Um, And if they want to come in, uh, they've got an open border to do so. By the way, I've, I've got a friend... Uh, he has married, he's a U.S. citizen, he married a woman from India uh, two years ago, two years ago. He's been trying to get her legally, she's an attorney in India, been trying to get her legally to the United States for two years, paying thousands of dollars to go through the process. They still, as of early 2024, don't have a date where they can meet with the immigration uh officers to process the final paperwork. So we're talking about two and a half years. He's hoping that maybe, maybe after two and a half years, maybe by mid-2024, she might be able to come to America. That's somebody who's coming in through the legal channel. And yet somebody comes across the border illegally. They not only get in, they can go wherever they want to. And in some states, they're getting put on free benefits and they're getting cell phones and all other kinds of things. It's just mm-hmm. insane. Uh, the Matt, difference that... Uh, uh, let me just say this, man. In California now, they're just qualifying for, even for f- free transgender surgeries uh, yeah, under the yeah. state's medical program. And at the taxpayer expenses. Yes, yeah. yes. It, it's just insane uh, what's happening. But it, also, think about this, what's happening in terms of who's coming across. We don't know who these people are. We do know that there are some people on the terror watch list some that they've caught, many that they know are in the country, but they don't know where they are, and they've come illegally across the southern border. What are they going to be doing? Yeah. You know, they're probably developing sleeper cells and are ready to act at a moment's notice. Friends, uh, troubling times in which we live, and these are matters before the courts as we speak, and uh, certainly be praying for our courts. Our phone number to crosstalk today, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Matt, we're just a half minute before the break. We see so much pessimism in society today, things that are happening, but you sound optimistic about the courts. Tell us why. Well, I'm optimistic about the courts, particularly what's happening in the Supreme Court. You know, obviously, elections matter, and when Donald Trump was president, um, we had new uh, individuals appointed to the court. But even before that, we began to see a shift, and it's just constantly never giving up, trying to build the house back to where it was, one brick at a time. In other words, rebuilding the broken structures, one brick at a time. And don't get discouraged because one brick gets knocked off the wall. Go ahead and put it back up. That's what we have to do. Never, ever give up. Friends, a quick break here, and we'll come back to your phone lines. The lines are packed out here already. Matt Staver with us from Liberty Council. Their website, lc.org. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Com. Matthew 25, Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats. Now don't confuse Matthew 25 with Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. That's where he judges the dead. This is Matthew 25, where he's judging the Gentile nations that have come out of the tribulation. He's separating the sheep from the goats. And he commends those sheep who ministered to his brethren. I was in prison and you visited me. I was sick, right? And you cared for me. I was thirsty. You gave me water. 
Remember that? Well, that passage is used to promote social justice. It's not about social justice. He said, you'd ministered to my brethren. In the Greek strong, we find out that the brethren is the Jews. You know how hard it is today to stand up for the Jewish people since October 7th with the rise of anti-Semitism? We've not seen anything compared to what's going to happen during the tribulation. Jesus isn't saying you're saved because you help the Jews. You help the Jews because you're saved. Critical court cases on the horizon. Our topic today on Crosstalk, Matt Staver with us from Liberty Council, a constitutional attorney with three landmark cases before the United States Supreme Court. And uh, let's go right to the phone lines. To the state of Tennessee, we have Merle calling. Merle, you're on the air. Yeah, Jim. I just wanted to tell Matt, he is absolutely an American hero. He is holding off the wolves for now. And, uh, I'm telling you what, we need prayer support behind him. Indeed. We're seeing victories, but I, I believe it's a power of prayer. But he is an absolute American hero. Mm. And I just wanted to say, too, the January Sixers, it's now being reported that they are being taken off some of them to mental health facilities. Mm. And I believe we're going to see more of this as an angle they're going to use. Uh, even with the Second Amendment, uh, Patriots, uh, Trump supporters, I believe we're going to see the mental health issue as an angle that they're going to be trying to use. But, uh, yes, he's an absolute American hero. Thank you, Merle. Uh, Matt, uh, again, he expresses the sentiment of many, and I know you appreciate the prayers of those praying for you and for Liberty Council. And Yes, I definitely appreciate your prayers. We've had a number of, we had a long prayer session today at our office, um, a couple of sessions. Um, and prayer is so critical. Thank you for your prayers. We certainly need them this year. Greg is calling from Bloomington, Illinois. Greg, you're on the air. Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, Brother Matt, I appreciate your insight on anything, and I wondered if you had any comments on this uh, Epstein list that was just released mm. and if there are any uh, legal uh, proceedings that could take place to, uh, well, I guess basically go after the folks that uh, committed these terrible, heinous crimes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yes, uh, I have only seen a partial uh, list of the names. I know about 150 to 170 names are now released uh, in this document. Uh, that doesn't include all the different clients, however, because there's another list that hasn't been released, and uh, that would be something I think that should be released as well. Uh, there's a lot of um, pushback by some of the Democratic lawmakers to not release that. I wonder why. Um, we'll have to just guess, I guess. Mm -hmm. But hopefully that'll be released. I know um, Speaker Mike Johnson is pushing to get that released as well. Uh, these are heinous crimes uh, that was uh, done by a lot of people in high power globally. And the more we know about it, I think the more we should pursue uh, these actions against individuals. Because at the end of the day, what happened is, uh, you know, these individuals committed crimes against women um, because most of those, or many of those, were underage. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Carl on Lake Delton. You're on the air. Yeah, under President Trump, for the first time in the history of the world, we were leading in world uh, exports of oil. I don't know why some of our legislatures don't push to open up the pipeline mm -hmm. to uh, have no problem with getting gas and uh, yeah. lowering the price. I don't understand that. Yeah. The whole energy issue here, too. And, I, Matt, I even believe that there are some such related cases before the court in this coming session as well uh, as it relates to uh, our our energy. Uh, here's one. The Supreme Court will hear a challenge to the EPA power plant pollution rule. I know there will be yeah. some things coming before them. Yeah, in fact, the Supreme Court is reexamining all of this administrative state uh, taking authority where they don't belong uh, and where they don't really have authority. So I think the, this is a court that's willing to carve back, to rein in this administrative state so that it doesn't go beyond its legislative authority. And that's one of the problems that we've had. And, you know, one of the problems that we've had certainly with this administration is Biden just unilaterally stopping some oil production yeah. and stopping some of the uh, energy production. Yeah. So um, that's a real issue as well that we need to address. It's a big, big issue for 2024. And it's also on a global scale. The WHO, the World Health Organization, mm -hmm. uh, the COP28, the World Economic Forum, they're all pushing against um, this um, fossil fuel type yeah. of production. 
uh, under the idea that climate change is going to kill the planet. And the way to do it is to stop eating beef, kill the cows, and stop the cowboys from ranching, and uh, stop all the other uh, energy production. Jim is calling next from Wisconsin. You're on the air. Yes, I have been following all this, and I've got so much to say, but I'll try to put it in two questions. First of all, with all that's going on across our border, I would call it an invasion, I, or, and I would even go so far as to call it an act of war. And is this in, uh, an impeachable offense in of, of itself? And if Biden's impeached, is he open to civil litigation from the Supreme Court? Okay, thank you. you might- no, I think it is an invasion. I, th- I think it, it is a very serious issue. Uh, impeachment is not defined in the Constitution, so anything can constitute impeachment. So in other words, you don't have to commit a criminal or civil infraction in order to be impeached. You can be impeached for any uh, reason. I mean, there there's a words like high crimes and misdemeanors, um, but it's not really defined as to what all that means. But it is a broader idea than just uh, you don't have to commit a criminal offense mm-hmm. or even a civil offense. It could be something different than that. What Biden is doing to America is hurting America, and he's done it intentionally, whether it's energy or certainly the open borders. Thank you. And just for sake of time, we do need to move on. Tammy in Florida, you're on the air. Hi. Um <clears throat> Let me, uh, there we go. I'm calling about the, thank you both for what you do, and uh, I appreciate it very much. And I'm calling about the American Community Survey. I've actually, I'm anxious to see what, what, what comes out of that. I believe Matt Gates moved at one point to have that removed um, from being done, but I have received two of those, and my first thought when I received them was, this is unconstitutional. It's not the census. It appears to be more data mining. And they try to tell you that it's anonymous, and they don't know who you are, but that's not the case either, given technology. And my understanding is this was put up, uh, I don't know if it was actually tried or whatever, but there hasn't in the research, and I'm not a lawyer or anything, this is just me trying to figure it out, um, that there uh, hasn't been any prosecution against anyone that didn't fill it out because they tell you you have to fill Tell you what, I'm going to have to stop you there and forgive me for that, Tammy, but we've only got a half minute left. Matt, your response. There have been some cases or some efforts to enforce this in times past, not recently, but in definitely times past where somebody just comes out openly to oppose it. So, uh, But I think where we are now is it's so far beyond its constitutional authority that they've just far overstepped their boundaries. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Tammy, for the call. We've completely run out of time, and we're sorry. Uh, apologize to others on hold right now. Matt Staver with us from Liberty Council. LC.org is their website, LC.org. LC.org. Uh, their number 407-875-1776. Uh, pray for them, folks. Uh, get behind them. Uh, get their e-alerts and, and, and news releases coming out there as well. Matt, thank you for the work that you do, and, and thanks for joining us here on the program. Thank you. My pleasure to be with you, as always. Matt Staver from Liberty Council. Friends, uh, critical issues here for this year of 2024. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.